0: Welcome back to another edition of the Cats Illustrated Podcast. This is Justin Rowland. I'm joined today by Jeff Drummond, our managing editor and photographer. And Jeff has been very busy, as, as he always is. He covers Kentucky. Uh, it's his job, and he does it well. And he's been covering the football cats. He's been covering the basketball cats. And, Jeff, before we get to, like, the topics, I mean... As there, has there really ever been a time when there's this much going on for Kentucky? You know, with, with the football team in the top 20, with the basketball team going into the season, you know, maybe the best team in the country? Like, how crazy is it right now? Yeah, I would say, outside of two or three
1: other occasions in my lifetime, this is probably the, the craziest that it has ever been. And, and with all the... Increased media attention that we have now, you know, compared to in the past, it, it might be the most hyped season, you know, across the board for both sports.
0: It's really crazy, and this, this we're going to do a couple of episodes uh, here that we're going to roll out over the next day or two. So those of you who've been clamoring for podcasts are going to get your fill, and. On this episode, we'll be sticking to basketball. That's something that we haven't done in a while, and it's a good day for basketball because today was Media Day. John Calipari uh, pointed that out. It's Media Day, not Coaches Day, a playoff of uh, what happened at last year's Media Day, so a little comic relief right off the bat from John Calipari. Uh, Jeff... Uh, what were your before I get to specifics that I wanted you to touch on? We can go back and forth on what were your big takeaways from Kentucky's media day today? Did you did you come away feeling a certain way? Maybe you didn't before. Did you learn anything? What did what did, what vibe? What sense did you get from talking to Calipari and and so many of the players?
1: Well, it's a really strong vibe uh, right now, and, and, and the one thing that's inescapable when you talk to both John Calipari and some of the players is this team is pretty confident, <laughs> and, and you can tell that about – and sometimes I can sense that a team, you know, talks that way but maybe really isn't totally sure about it. But these guys, I think, took out of those four games in the Bahamas that we could be pretty special. And I, I think they've kind of taken it to another level. And, you know, John Calipari was asked directly today, you know, why is he so – enamored with this bunch, as as some sources out there have said. And he kind of directly came out and said, I I love their competitiveness, competitiveness, and I love their fight. And people that know Cal Perry uh, know that those are things he he wants kind of instinctive in players. And there's been some seasons here the last four or five years where he's kind of had to coach those. Aspects and bring it out of people. And he knows this season going in, he's kind of got some alpha dogs out there that don't need anybody to sit there and prod them to be competitive and to fight. And that was kind of the underlying theme and message uh, throughout all the festivities today.
0: <clears throat> yeah, last year uh, that seemed to be a struggle for him at a couple of points in the season. Uh, you think back to the Tyler Eulis team after the 38 one season with Jamal Murray you certainly didn't have to coach it in Eulis but I think some of the other guys maybe it was an uphill battle at times it felt like he was kind of grinding his wheels and kind of doing it for them. but I think you're right like that plays right into what a lot of people have suspected about this team that beyond the talent it might not have the lottery luck here or there although I think they're gonna they're gonna turn out better in the draft than a lot of people have thought and I've come to believe that it's the intangibles and just the drive and this and and the diverse circumstances that that give each guy a little bit more to play for either it's innate instinctive to them or like in the case of Reed Travis this is his contract year really at Kentucky and the same you know why PJ Washington came back for a second year Nick Richards wants to get last year out of his out of his mouth and out of his mind. Um, and just, just a lot of things for each guy, uh, individually, that, that make this a compelling team. Uh, and we're recording this on Thursday early evening. we got Big Blue Madness tomorrow. We've got the Blue-White game on October 21st. And then Transylvania, uh, Transy, is uh, October 26th uh, in Indiana University of Pennsylvania, November 2nd. So it's going to get heated up in a hurry. Um... Briefly, the Keldon Johnson injury scare at the end of Pro Day doesn't seem to have amounted to too much to worry about. I know a lot of people were holding their breath after they saw that on the broadcast. Calipari dispelled that, said said he's going to be good to go. So uh, I guess that was that kind of what everybody was expecting? Yeah, I, I'm not sure
1: about expecting it, but he confirmed today that it's really not a big deal and that you know, he was a full go for today's practice.
0: So it won't be anything that's... On the surface, going to cost him any game action. Yeah. Well, he's, I think, I, I've kind of felt like Keldon Johnson is one of maybe two guys on this team that could. I, I look at him and I look at Ashton Hagens, and I'm not saying that, I mean, they're very different players, but I kind of see those as the two guys that maybe could improve the most over the course of the season. Like Hagens, because he's young and because he's explosive and he's just supremely gifted. And it's just going to be a learning curve for him. And Keldon Johnson, because he's got literally everything that makes for a matchup nightmare. And then you add he's just an alpha dog. Uh, he's going to be very important to this team. Maybe maybe taking them from very good to great, potentially. What? T- t- tell me about the personalities of these guys you interacted with. You mentioned on at the House of Blue, our premium forum, and we'd love if you're not a member for you to sign up, um, that Reed Travis is one of the most intriguing guys that you've talked to in a Kentucky uniform. What is it? I mean, he, he he's an interesting cat just on the surface. He went to yeah. Stanford. He's hes a five-star recruit who is maybe a better college prospect than a pro prospect, or so the conventional wisdom has been, and yet he lands with John Calipari. So so what makes him so intriguing for you? Well, he's just a different
1: type of guy, and, and that's not all too surprising for someone who's been at Stanford for uh four years you know that's a different place (laughs) and it and it can create some some real thoughtful kind of introspective type people and that's what the gist you get anytime you ask him a question you get a real thoughtful sometimes deep response from him and he's got this intense stare that a bunch of us in the media talk about today it's like he's burning a hole through you (laughs) when he speaks to you looking right at you and you just see that Uh, some of that passion that kind of spills over to the court and makes you realize why he's a double-double machine uh, when he's out there on the floor. And, you know, if UK fans want to be encouraged about something uh, regarding Reed Travis today, um, Cal said when he arrived at UK, which was right before that Bahamas trip, he didn't have much time with the team at all, he was 262 pounds. Hmm. And right now, in a matter of about, what, six or eight weeks since those exhibition games, he is 245 with 5.4% body fat. Wow. And during the pro day stuff, the guy was going from a standing leap and touching the top of the square above the rim. Now, think about the guy we saw in the Bahamas who looked like he was a little out of place in terms of of explosiveness and athleticism and just fast forward in a mere eight weeks what he's become if that pro day testing is any indication it, it, it's amazing and i hate you know the sky is the limit if he was doing that before when he was out of shape and not very explosive uh, what's he going to do now when he's in peak condition
0: yeah i'm with you like watching him in the Bahamas. I didn't want to judge him too harshly because he's got such a track record. It's not like he did it for one year. Like, we knew what kind of player he was, what he was capable of. But I couldn't help but think a couple of times, man, if he were a step quicker, if he were a little bit quicker off the floor, if his bounce were a little bit better, you know, a lot of those misses, those difficult shots around the rim were going to be points. And, you know, it's a testament to his work ethic and, you know, what he's playing for this year it's also a testament to Kentucky's basketball program just underscoring that it really is like a pro organization and you've seen the reports from you know Brett Dawson and others Um, that Diallo out in Oklahoma City has said, you know, Kentucky prepared me for this. And, you know, that's more the mental aspect in terms of preparation. But I'm guessing Travis probably is not second-guessing himself on his decision to go to Kentucky. And I need to get into whatever their their workout regimen is at Kentucky because it seems to be – working wonders uh briefly I, I wanted to pause and and make a mention that this podcast is sponsored by canfield realty group and they are currently offering a 40 percent commission rebate that's the canfield realty group c-a-n-f-i-e-l-d make steve canfield your Agent, if you're in the market for a new home, if you've had that conversation um, with, with anyone, and he's got a perfect five-star rating, 119 reviews on 104 sales in the past year, we wouldn't be uh, be mentioning him if we didn't believe that he was, he was good for people who are looking for a home, especially in the Louisville area. He's worked in real estate for 41 years, sold over 3,400 properties, and ranked in the top 10 out of 3,500 agents in the Louisville area. You will get a 40% commission rebate. If you uh, join up with him now, and you can go to CanfieldRealtyGroup.com or call him at 502-649-5687. Jeff, back to Kentucky basketball. Jamal Baker. Um, I think people are understandably interested in Baker because they didn't get to see him last year. I've kind of felt like is inevitable we're going to talk about him. And I don't want to sell him short, but I've wondered if it might be an uphill climb for him to be a regular on such a deep team that has you know, better shooting personnel, a better shooting forecast. Um, am I selling him short? Or I guess what are your expectations and what kind of note was struck uh, in regards to him today?
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty crowded backcourt when you look at it now. Um, when they brought in the two wing guys and Keldon Johnson and Tyler uh, Hero, and you've got Quickly, Green, and Hagen's, who are all doing really well and expected to be in the mix. That's five guys already. So to to divvy up those minutes is a little bit of a challenge for Cal. To get another guy in there is really tough. So that other guy, if it's Baker, really has to bring something to the table that differentiates himself from the others. And, you know, based on his high school track record, that shooting ability, the long-range shooting ability could be it. Uh, I don't see him as a guy who's going to play – at least this year, more than 8 to 10 minutes, Right. if he gets that many. Um, But there were definitely some hints and indications, if you listen to Cal today, um, when someone asked him about depth, uh, he said maybe 10, probably more like 9, and when the lights come on, we got to see how some guys react, because it could be an 8-man rotation. If that's the case, it is going to be an uphill climb for Baker, but he does have that skill probably uh, better than anybody on this team right now. I, at the end of the year, I may change my mind, uh, but he's probably a better spot-up wing shooter uh, than anybody they've got. But he's going to have to bring some other things to the table in terms of you know defending and handling the ball and, and passing if he wants those minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're a good enough shooter, it's going to be hard to keep you off the court no matter what. But we we've seen you know Calipari doesn't like guys on the court that can't lock down on defense and he's got some guys that are definitely capable and Quaddy Green and Tyler Hero some others uh it should be a better shooting team this season I I think I don't I don't want to put the cart before the horse and say it's going to be a good or a great shooting team but I would be surprised if given the number of open looks this team is probably going to find create maybe the tempo they're going to play at they don't shoot significantly better and it's going to be juxtaposed against you know maybe the worst three-point shooting Kentucky team that I've ever seen which fittingly broke the streak the three-point streak last season it was it, it, it would it wouldn't have been right if another team had broken the streak last year's team was the one that needed to break it to end it Man, they could take pride in that they, they thoroughly earned
1: it <laughs> <laughs> with, with their shooting but uh, you know I, we keep going back to the Bahamas which has given us a good Kind of a baseline opinion of this team. And they shot 50% from the arc down there. And it, you know, four games is not a big sample size, but it's not small and tiny either. Uh, that's, uh, you know, I think they hit 28 out of 56, something like that. If they do that <laughs> or anywhere remotely close to it, Uh, During the season, this team is going to be awfully hard to
0: defend. I feel more confident that Kentucky is going to continue shooting well than I do that like Zion Williamson is going to continue shooting threes at the rate that he was for Duke in their exhibition games. And we'll get to Duke uh, in a minute. But I also wanted to ask about something Calipari um, said today. I thought it was interesting. He compared this team to some of the other teams that he's had at Kentucky in terms of just how far along they are at this point that's understandable more returning guys than he has sometimes had you add the graduate transfer just how balanced the roster is how much of an edge these guys have uh but he said his concern is or one of his concerns is that they might peak too early now what what was the context of that remark if you could drum it up in your memory was he was that kind of tongue-in-cheek or was that like a serious concern that he had that they might peak early because of where they're at right now No, that that was a serious comment,
1: and it came on the heels of asking what they got out of the Bahamas trip. And one of the things he said towards the end of of that, which he thought the Bahamas was extremely helpful to them, but it also showed him that they're kind of way ahead of where he thought they would be and capable of taking on maybe a lot more early in the season uh, as far as what he chooses to install. and and teach to them, and he said there's there's a temptation to do that, but he also doesn't want them at the point where they're just lights out in, in like, December or early January because it's been his, you know, I don't know, history or, or understanding of teams in the past that just came out that strong that early, probably with the exception of the 2015 team. That they had trouble, you know, keeping that going and having kind of uh, the bar raised for them as the season rolled along. So he he wants that team kind of peaking in February, going into the tournament. And he he has got this little bit of a fear that if they're they're that good at the you know turn of the new year, that maybe there's not going to be a whole lot left for them to to get better at.
0: Yeah, with a couple of exceptions, it seems like, and maybe I'm just exaggerating this because a couple of examples stand out in my mind, but it seems like Calipari's generic team at Kentucky starts out pretty good. They rise to the occasion in those early season neutral site games because they're talented kids who love playing against you know big-name opponents and talented kids, and they kind of out-talent teams for the first couple of months of the season. And then, you know, they either hit a freshman wall or they've been getting by on talent or other teams just who are more familiar with how to play them. They Maybe they're not as, as you know, scared by Kentucky or they scout Kentucky more over two months. They just run into that wall in like either mid or late January, early February. And then that's when Cal is, is so masterful at breaking them of their bad habits and carving out niches and roles that they eventually except largely through failure um, and and getting some humility, I guess. But uh, this is going to be a different challenge. You're right. The 2015 example, uh, that, that'll that definitely be interesting and something to follow. Uh, he also said that he wants them to limit trash talk towards the other team. He likes how talkative they are, but he's got this system going on now where he, he's trying to redirect... Um, some of, some of that edge, the verbal edge that they have, so they're not talking so much trash at the other team. I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, it really was. And, and we got some unique answers from the guys who spoke pretty frankly about it as we went around the craft uh, the center today. And they said, you know, Keldon Johnson, you mentioned him as one of the alpha dogs earlier. I think it was uh, Quade Green or P.J. Washington, one of, one of the others, said, they said, he is legit crazy. almost to the point with his on the floor. He wants to beat you, and and not just by a little bit. He wants to beat you bad and and make you look bad in in the process. They said there are times in these practices where the staff has had to kind of come between guys and say, okay, dial it it back a little bit, save it for the real opponents. Um, But by all accounts, they're great uh, camaraderie and the chemistry off the court Is fantastic, but they've got these guys who, in a little bit of an unusual position for Kentucky, have a big chip on their shoulder for one reason or another. And most of these guys were highly regarded recruits, but maybe they weren't up there as high as some of the guys we've seen come in here in the past. And a guy like Keldon Johnson in particular, he he sounds like he's out for blood to show people, I'm the best player in that class. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little bit of chippiness in, in that opener against Duke.
0: Got a little bit of mamba to him then. I don't want to put that that comparison on him, but that reminds me of some old stories about young Kobe. Um, <laughs> so it, it's definitely an interesting storyline to follow. The Duke game, we'll talk about this more as it gets closer, but i got to say, Jeff, I, I'm normally pretty conservative in terms of making predictions about a team. Maybe I'm a little bit contrarian. I've gotten to the point where it kind of bothers me when every everybody seems to think that Cal's latest class is his best class, and they start star-watching, and they're in awe of another number one class, and it's like, well, we know that'll take you a certain, you know, that'll, that'll, that'll do something for you, but it, it's got to be a more comprehensive formula to win a championship, but I feel like I almost feel like the pendulum has swung the other way, and the fact that there's even a conversation about who the preseason number one team should be misses the mark a little bit. I don't want I don't want to say this is gonna be 09 UNC or 12 Kentucky or 15 Kentucky, but something tells me that, you know, by January we might get we might get to conference play and there's no dispute which team nationally has the target on its back. Do you think there's a chance of that?
1: Yeah, I, I do. Although I think that might be kind of tested a little bit by just how good this league is going to be right. this year. Right. So they, they may be on par with some of those and deserving of that, but it might not look like it in terms of how close some of the games will be or, or maybe even some of the losses they take that even some lesser talented or, or some of Cal's quote-unquote weaker <laughs> recruiting classes, if, if there is such a thing, may, may have been able to get by just because the SEC wasn't that
0: good. It's it's looking like a monster this season. Well, I think, I think Kentucky's going to handle Duke. We're going to get to that. But I, I just feel like when I look at this Kentucky-Duke matchup, I'll eat my words. I'll eat my crow if I'm wrong. But I just feel like, in terms of roster depth, in terms of experience, in terms of the number of Kentucky fans that are going to be there, and the intangibles that this group have, like, Duke is going to have some supreme talents on the court. There's no doubt about that. And any one of them could just go off and make it a game or even carry Duke to a win. But I, I got a feeling Kentucky's going to make a statement in that game. Do you want to make a way-too-early prediction on it? Well, I, I feel pretty good about it because of Kentucky's overall
1: talent level. And, and I feel like Duke is either one one rolled ankle or one guy in foul trouble from really experiencing some some major problems. But they do have in their favor a couple of guys that on a given night would be clearly the best guy on the floor with apologies to Kelvin Johnson who right. wants to show us that is not the case. But that's one thing Cal spent a lot of time talking about today too and, and dating back to our uh, roundtable Q&A with him earlier this summer that we ran on the site, is uh, they're seeking who that guy is going to be for this Kentucky team, who could take over a game for a three- or four-minute stretch, one of those TV timeout uh, segments of the game, and just kind of put his thumbprint on it and own it. And we don't know if they've got that kind of guy yet. I think Duke has a couple of guys who could be that guy.
0: I think you're right, Jeff. We're going to wrap up this edition of the Cats Illustrated podcast. This is uh, talking Kentucky basketball. We're going to we're going to do a, a football episode here. We might even record it shortly after this, and then we'll have more basketball recruiting stuff from a big weekend with uh, with madness going on. It's going to be very exciting. A lot of news coming out. If you're not at the House of Blue, please sign up now, Jeff. I appreciate it, man. Take care.
1: All right. Thanks, Justin.